You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. I receive, and then as I have opportunity, and I have extra, I hear of their need, and I reciprocate. That's the way it's supposed to work. Could I encourage you again? I mean, I know. I know you've heard it before. Get involved in such a way that you can become relational, because God wants to minister to you in time of need, but He can't do it unless you get connected. Our society has grown more and more antisocial as time goes by. Social media has only amplified this. Yes, it lets us communicate with each other and share our experiences, but it's all through a filter. God desires for His followers to live in community. He wants us to take care of each other. Liking someone's Facebook post isn't enough. As Pastor Danny challenges us in today's message, you need to put yourself out there and get connected. It won't just happen naturally. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 John chapter 3 with today's edition of The Living Word. How many of you, in a very practical, tangible way, have been reached out to in a time of need in life by somebody in the church because you're relational and there was a need in your life at some point, at some point, and at least one time, you've been reached out to in a very practical, tangible way. Raise your hand. Raise your, look, at, look around. Keep your hands up. Look around at that. That's so encouraging. Put your hands down. Watch what happens now. How many of you... When you knew somebody because you have a relationship with them through a small group or some ministry involvement, and you were able to reach out in a very practical way, reach out to them and help them. How many of you? Look at a lot of the same hands. That's the way it's supposed to be. I receive, and then as I have opportunity, and I have extra, I hear of their need, and I reciprocate. That's the way it's supposed to work. Could I encourage you again? I mean, I know. I know you've heard it before. Get involved in such a way that you can become relational because God wants to minister to you in time of need, but he can't do it unless you get connected. And he wants to use you to reach out to others, but he can't do it unless you're really connected. Enough said. I think you got it. And then, of course, the the other evidence here on this issue of love is that we love a world, and we love a world that doesn't love us. I love this verse. Isn't this a great verse? But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's love. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know the story in the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 6. I'm not going to turn to it, but I love the story. So many great stories in the Old Testament. And the prophet Elisha, uh, his servant, goes outside uh, the house, Elisha's house, and he sees the Aramean army surrounding them on the hills. And he's all worried. And he goes back to Elisha and says, Elisha, master, we're going to perish. Elisha says, chill, man. There are, more, there, there are more with us than there are with them. Lord, open his eyes. And God opens the servant's eyes, and he looks, and he sees in the spirit realm, and he sees horses and chariots of fire, angelic horses and chariots. And there's an army, an, an angelic army, much more numerable and powerful than the Aramean army. And I love what happens next. It's a great story. God blinds the whole Aramean army. And then Elisha leads them. 
They're blind. They can't see. Leads the whole army right into Jerusalem. And then as they get in Jerusalem, God opens their eyes. Oh! We're right in the heart of the enemy camp. And the king of Israel says to Elisha, hey, should we kill them? And Elisha says, no. Feed them. Give them a feast. And then send them home. And they did. And they fed them and they gave them a feast. And then they sent them home and it says, and the Aramean army didn't raid Israel anymore. That's odd, isn't it? Listen. Listen to this. This is so cool. Romans 12. Verse 17, listen to it. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Verse 19, don't take revenge, my friends. On the contrary, verse 20, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is a love for a world that doesn't love us. We're going to love them anyway going to love them anyway. You know, blow their minds. And hopefully some of them will get saved. It'd be great if all of them got saved. That's love, man. Let me read you. We're going to bring it to a close. Luke chapter 6. Again, red letter section. Luke chapter 6, verse 22. Look at what Jesus says. I mean, blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day. Leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. But that's how their fathers treated the prophets. No, when you show that you're the real deal, you ought to be blessed when they hate you. But then he says, verse 27, but I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Peter said it like this. So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit to their, themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Despite how they treat you. Despite their hatred. You know, Jesus said, uh, your enemies will be members of your own household, members of your own family. I've had people come up to me after the first two services and say, I can't believe you spoke on that. I got a sister, I got a brother, I got a mom, I got a dad. You know, there's some places in the world today, I mean, in reality, if you, if you confess Jesus Christ, you become a Christian, you're out of the family. You're out of the family. We got a guy, one of our missionaries knows that very well, Asif Sheikh from Pakistan. Just keep doing good. Just keep loving them. Keep praying for them. Okay, we got to bring it to a close. Back in 1 John, verse... 21, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And get this, receive from him anything we ask, because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. Here, and I only have to say it, I don't need to spend time on it, another evidence you're the real deal. You're going to get your prayers answered. Now, we're not talking about everything you want and everything you ask for, but if you're living this kind of life, living this kind of life, see, it's an unselfish life. That way you're not as prone to, to do what James says and ask with wrong motives. And so you ask in the will of God, and God says, okay, you got it. You got it. Answered prayer. It's an evidence because now you're living in a way that's pleasing to him. You're reaching out, helping people in practical ways, priority being the church, your brothers and sisters in the church. And then the last, 
And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Now, I don't need to talk about this one because we already talked about it. But I will say in closing, you really possess the Holy Spirit. You know what's happened to you during these 40 minutes, 40 to 45 minutes that I've been up here spouting off? You're convicted in a good way. I've been convicted to want to do more. I've been convicted to want to personally reach out more when God puts people in my path that I want to be a good Samaritan. I want to be the real deal. I want to reach out. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. And I see you. I love you nodding your head. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. It's a good kind of conviction. And that's an evidence. That's an evidence that you're a real child of God because you want to do what pleases him. And I love what somebody said. I don't know who coined it, but they said, you cannot outgive God. There's a story of a pastor who went before the congregation and he said, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is we have enough money as a church to help out every needy person in our church family. And here's the bad news. Still out there in your pockets. (laughs) Once a preacher went to visit a farmer and the preacher said to the farmer, say, If you had $200, would you give $100 to the Lord? The farmer said, I would. Preacher then said, if you had two cows, would you give one of them to the Lord? Farmer said, I would. Preacher then said, if you had two pigs, would you give one of them to the Lord? And the farmer said, now that ain't fair, preacher. You know I got two pigs. (laughs) First of all, thank you for laughing, those of you that, that chose to. See, God's not asking us to give what we don't have. One of the verses in 2 Corinthians there says basically that God judges based on what we have, not on what we don't have. And he says if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. But Jesus said if you're faithful with a little, you'll be faithful with much. If you're dishonest with a little, you'll be dishonest with much. And then he goes on to say... If you're not faithful in handling worldly wealth, who's going to give you true riches? And once again, there's that evidence. If I'm the real deal, my paycheck will show it. My gifts in the name of the Lord will show it. My willingness to reach out as I have opportunity, both through corporate, corporate giving in the church and personal Good Samaritan kind of giving and through relationships in the church. I was so encouraged by in every service, the number of hands that went up saying, I have received from the Lord by being relational in the body. And then the pretty much the same number of hands in every service when I said, and those of you had the opportunity to reach out and a lot of the same hands go up. That's the way it's supposed to work. Thanks for joining us today to study the book of 1 John. There's so much to learn, so we hope that you'll keep coming back to study with Pastor Danny Hodges. You can find more of the messages from this series right now at our website, ccfstpete.church. Just click on Sermons. You'll be directed to our YouTube page, where you can watch a number of teachings from Calvary Chapel Fellowship and subscribe to our channel. Come connect with us on social media as well. You'll find The Living Word on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and be able to jump into the conversations there. 
If you happen to be in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you. Every message you hear on The Living Word comes from a teaching Pastor Danny has shared at Calvary Chapel Fellowship, and you're invited to join us for our weekly services. Come just as you are for a time of worship, fellowship, and studying the Bible on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. We're excited to welcome you into our family of faith. You'll find directions and more information at our website. Again, that's ccfstpete.church. We also live stream our services. So if you can't make it in person, join us online. You'll find a link at the top of the page at ccfstpete.church. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to join Pastor Danny in 1 John right here on The Living Word.